Hello, my friend. Before we get into the Hairstylist Rising podcast, I have to tell you a secret. I just launched a brand new podcast called The Visionary Rising. You are going to love this new podcast if you're ready for beyond the basics marketing, business, mindset, and visibility for creative entrepreneurs, including hairstylists, educators, coaches, photographers, and online business owners. And Hairstylist Rising will remain a place where you can listen in on conversations with industry leaders, whereas the actual marketing and mindset lessons from yours truly will mostly exist over on the new show. So make sure you go follow wherever you're listening to this podcast. The Visionary Rising was born because I realized that although we come from similar backgrounds in terms of a lot of us being hairstylists, we need to stop seeing ourselves just as our job description and start seeing ourselves for who we truly are. In my community, I realized the thing we have in common isn't just the beauty industry. It's that we are visionaries, we are creatives with heart, we have so much purpose and a burning desire to make a huge impact. We want to build businesses that give us the lifestyles that we dream about and also start a ripple effect for our clients and communities. Now, here's the fun thing. I've actually created a bunch of bonus content for you, and all you have to do is hit subscribe on the Visionary Rising podcast over on your favorite podcast player and leave a rating so I can see what you think. Then just send me a DM and DM me a screenshot over on Instagram on the brand new page, The Visionary Rising, and we'll send your bonus goodies over. I am so excited for you to listen into this new show. We have just dropped three incredible episodes to celebrate our launch. So pause this, go check out The Visionary Rising, and we can get into today's episode. Welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Today, we are going to talk all about how to communicate your brand online as a hairstylist and we're going to get into some practical application as well as some of the really surprising shifts that you will start to see inside of your business once you take that time to get intentional about your branding. My guest today is the incredible Kia Gillison. She is a salon owner and hairstylist in Richmond, Virginia and one of my amazing alumni. So today we're going to really dive into how Kia operates her business, infusing your values into the salon experience, communicating your guest experience, honoring your customer, and we're going to talk about the magic of specificity. Kia is sharing what happened in her business in real time when she got intentional with her branding and honestly, it's going to blow your mind. Throughout this conversation, I was consistently reminded of the changes that happen in real-time application of building your brand. I'm really excited for you to hear because it's not just going to be theory of branding and why it should work. We're going to talk about how it does work and how you can start implementing some of the things that Kia does into your business to start experiencing those shifts. So get excited for this episode. I also want to take the time to invite you to my masterclass that is going to be live on January 30th, Build Your Brand and Elevate Your Beauty Business in 2023. In this class, I'm going to be teaching you how to do exactly that. And after this class, you're going to understand 
the biggest mistakes that beauty pros are making in terms of building their brands, how to ditch stressing about beating the algorithm and rise above the noise when marketing on social media. And we're also going to talk about what today's most trusted and profitable brands are based on and how to translate it for your beauty business. So after this episode, you're going to realize the importance. And then in this masterclass, I want to teach you exactly how to do it. So make sure you head to jodybrown.ca slash brand to sign up. This class is going to be totally live. I cannot wait to answer all your questions. And without further ado, let's get into today's episode. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here, we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode because I have the pleasure of having one of my BBB alumni and an amazing stylist with me here today. Welcome, Kia. Thank you so much for joining me. Yay. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. I am really excited to share your story today because I came into the industry. So I, my mom was a stylist. I'm a generational stylist. I yeah. finished hair school by the time I was 18. And that is like one path into the industry. But then there's so many others. So I wanted to share your story and have you come on and kind of talk about your path into the beauty industry because it's totally different than mine. And I yeah. think it'll be fun to kind of shed a new perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when I was younger, I was always the go-to person for my friends, my family, everybody in my neighborhood to do their hair. I was doing nails at one point too, doing everything. And so when I started high school and they offered the cosmetology program, I said, hey, you know, this is something that I know I want to do. Let me go ahead and take this program so I can get licensed. And so I did that program, but you know, Parents want you to go to college. And so that was the, the right thing to do in my household. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll go to college. And so I went to college and my sophomore year, I got pregnant with my daughter. And so I had my daughter and I had to have that hard conversation like, okay, I'm a big girl now. Yeah. I need a big girl job. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I applied at Capital One. I started working there. And about nine years in at that company, I was sitting at my desk and getting cussed out by customers because, you know, they were mad at what was going on with their accounts. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being fussed at. I'm tired of, you know, the overwhelm of these customers and taking it home and being frustrated. Like, this is not what I wanted to do. And so I said... God, you got to show me what do I have within me that's able to produce revenue as well that I'll be excited about going into work to do. And the bell went off. I'm like, duh, like you you know how to do hair. And I was still doing hair part time while I was working my full time job. And so I'm like, OK, 
So I started researching hair schools, figured out, you know, the time frame, and I was going to keep my full-time job. But when the hours were like conflicting, I was like, well, I guess I got to quit my full-time job. <laughs> Just oh, is what it is. <laughs> and so I remember talking it over with my grandmother. She was the only person that I really needed an okay from. And she said, go for it. And that's what I did. I turned in my notice and I went to hair school. While I was in hair school, I was also working in, the, um, I, I started working as a line immediately as a braider and finished hair school. And that was in 2014. And I never looked back. So that's been my journey to now. That story. And you know, it's so funny, isn't it? That there's this perception because I think so like, I, I know that a lot of my listeners are relating to you right now and that pressure to get quote unquote, a real job, yeah, right? Right. There's still this. And I think even like nine years ago, even more so, I feel like we're kind of yeah. coming into a space now where we're claiming ownership, that like, this is a real career. This is, you know, a great Absolutely. job, but that was not the perception for so long. Right. Yeah. And I think that a lot of my listeners can probably relate to that feeling of being pressured to yeah. go in a different direction. And it's ironic really, isn't it? Because some of the, a lot of actually, I'd say most of the stylists that I know are out earning some of the people with those four-year degrees now. Absolutely. Absolutely. If someone would have told me that I would have been able to make a career out of hairstyling nine years ago when I started, because like you said, it wasn't a community around it. People didn't take it serious. But had I known what I know now, oh my gosh, it this business is so lucrative. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough. Like you said, we're getting to the point where, you know, we're claiming that and we're saying this is a career. There's money to be made. But back then... <laughs> People didn't talk not, about it. <laughs> it wasn't the case. Yeah. No, I remember actually like when I was, I so in high school, I worked as a server before I started working as a receptionist at salon. Mm -hmm. And I'd have like regulars who I would be like, yeah, I'm going to like, you know, when I was kind of transitioning, I think I had still had a couple hours and I was like, yeah, I'm working at the salon. I'm going to go to hair school. And they're like, oh, are you like, what are you going to do after? Is that right. like, are you going to work through school? Mm -hmm. I was like, be, you know, my mom was a stylist, like I said. And so she was very successful in, yeah. in the beauty industry. So I was incredibly lucky to have that role model, even at yeah. the beginning of my career, but 99% of people who get into this industry don't have that particularly people who got in, you know, back in the two thousands, the nineties, the eighties, whatever. Right. So I love that we're having this conversation and kind of shining a light on what's possible. I have a question. Do you think that your experience in corporate had any like valuable lessons for when you shifted into hair? And what are the lessons, if so, that you'd share with other stylists? Yes, absolutely. I think as stylists, we sometimes we just have a bad name about being punctual, about being respectful. It's just a lot of things. And so I definitely think my nine years in customer service transitioned over to how I uh, operate my business. And so one of the things was integrity and keeping that customer in mind. And so every decision I make, everything that I do, it, it has to match my morals. You get what I'm saying? And so I treat my customer how I want to be treated. And so I show up on time. You get what I'm saying? Or if I'm going to be running late, I'm going to send that text message. Or if 
it's very, very rare that I cancel on my client. But if I do, it has to be something that really is going to affect me being able to service them. And so, yes, every decision I make, where whether it's, you know, from my hours, my salon environment, you know, making sure that they're comfortable, making sure that they feel protected, like all of those things play a huge role in my business. And I definitely got a lot of that from Capital One. Like I I tell that to my clients all the time. I was like, you know, I think that's what separates me from a lot of people in my area is customer service means just as much to me as styling your hair. I love that. And the the experience that you're creating. And one of the other reasons that I wanted to chat with you, like other than your, your story, obviously, is you do such a beautiful job of communicating that experience. And I know like before when we worked together, I was like, this story that you're creating and you're you're just doing such a great job at serving and and showcasing how you're serving your clients. So I know the answer to this, but can we talk a little bit about the importance of defining your ideal client? Because a lot of the things that you do and a lot of the things that you talk about in your marketing are very specific like to the person that you're trying to serve. And so let's talk a little bit about that and how you kind of define that ideal client and, and how you showcase that. Yeah, this has to be my favorite part because I'm telling you, like your program really helped to open my eyes on my target audience and how to serve them and how to communicate that. And so though I had the customer service and though I was able to, you know, give them that final look that they wanted, I think that was the missing piece for me. And so when I went through your program and you said, you know, you wanted us to identify who our target audience is and showcase that in our marketing, I said, oh, this, this is how it's done. And so right. when I when I figured out who my target person was and after going through your program, it just made it a whole lot easier to communicate. So I knew that 90% of my clientele is busy, busy professionals, whether busy professionals just in their career or busy women who have kids at home and have family and they just need an escape sometimes. And so when I thought about that person, I'm like, what, what do they want to feel like? When they come and get service, they want to feel like all of my attention is on them. They want to feel like they can come here and relax. And so I started, you know, setting things up in my salon and in my marketing to make sure that I convey that where, you know, I might have some soft playing music or I may have the lights dim or I may have um, I may talk about, you know, what it means to save time because a lot of my people aren't DIY people. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do the DIY. They don't want to do their hair, period. They don't have time. So they just want to be able to come in, get their stuff done, leave the noise outside. They don't want to hear any more kids. So that's why kids aren't allowed. Like they just want to come in and relax. And so it was important to me to convey that message when they come in the salon and on my on my platform. So that's what I try to do is make sure that I'm always saying like, this is your place. This is your space. Come here, relax. You don't have to worry about husband. You don't have to worry about kids. You don't have to worry about work. I'm going to take care of you. And so that makes a huge difference, I think. And a lot of people, if I can be honest, I know they love my work, but they always tell me like, I love coming here because I can just woosa and relax. And that's important to me. (laughs) I can't uh, so shut thank up. you for your 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 expertise in in that because it it 
it really was difficult for me to be, even though I know that's what I wanted, but it was hard for me to connect the dots because, you know, all I thought about was making them look pretty. You get what I'm saying? I didn't realize how important it was to make the space pretty and to make it feel welcoming and to talk to them, you know, about their things that they're going through and make sure that it's conveyed properly. Well, and I think that like, thank you for saying that. I And you just, again, you just do such a beautiful job with it because I think that is often the missing piece, right? Like we don't think about like, and I, I see this, I see stylists who put so much into creating this beautiful experience, right? Yeah. And it's just translating it so that you're able to communicate that because like, why are we hiding this behind closed doors? Yeah. So yeah. the only people who know is that they happen to come into our come space in. when this is the whole, it could be the reason that someone comes to see yeah. you. I, are you cool if we shout out your Instagram, Kia? Because I would love for yeah. people to take a look at what you've done as an example and because it's working so well for you. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me at Tresses Noir. It's T-R-E-S-S-E-S-N-O-I-R. Yes, and I will link that in the show notes because if you're listening right now and you're like, I feel like there's a gap. I feel like there's a missing piece. Definitely go take a look. And I remember this one post that you did. And it's so funny because I think this might've been while we worked together and I was like looking through your stories and Mm -hmm. you did this post and it was so simple. And it was literally about, I think it was something to do with like a laptop. And like we set this and you're like, oh, I set this up so that you can, you know, if you got to, if you have to finish anything quickly so that you can relax, you have that space, right? Yeah. 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 Is that what it was? Yes, yes, yes. And so that's something that the, the, you know, work from home girls love. They could come in, we got the Wi-Fi, but yeah, that lap desk. And just that little thing that, you know, cost me less than $20, it makes such a huge difference. They're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, you got a lap desk. And I'm just yes. like, oh, <laughs> this is what and they I wanted. I remember seeing that on your stories and messaging you like, you have to showcase this for me. Like, this is such a cool yeah. So it's yeah. like, like those little details that, you know, yeah. I think sometimes we overthink things, right? And we think we've right. got to like give the A to Z, but really it's about those little experience details and showcasing them that yeah. is the magic. Yeah. So do you think, so I know like before you got really, like you had a, a successful business, you created an amazing experience, but what do you think has changed since you got intentional about your branding and about your marketing? I became intentional. I, one, I only, I'm only doing what I love to do. And so I'm not doing seven different, you know, offering seven different services on my menu or anything like that. I'm really only doing what I want to do. But the type of woman that sits in my chair is the same type of woman. You get what I'm saying? Every day, I know that this is a woman who may have a lot on her plate, but it's the same woman. Like I said, they're not DIY. They're not trying to do it on their own. And so my my clients are consistent in the fact that I, I don't have chair hoppers. You get what I'm saying? I have a woman that says, look, I don't care how much it costs. What's most important to me is the convenience. Right. And so- you can provide the convenience. You can provide the quality. I'll give you whatever you want, you know, and 
<laughs> and every time I'm having these conversations, that's what's being repeated. Like, you know, it's so convenient to come here and, and get my hair washed or have you remove my extensions and put them back in same day. You know what I'm saying? It's the convenience thing and it's the quality. And so that's what I love. I don't have, you know, anybody that, you know, does a whole lot of complaining. Like everybody's energy is just always so positive. So I think the way that I portray myself and my business online, I get that in return in my chair. Yes. That has happened since I've become intentional. You know, before I have had chair hoppers, I have had people who were, you know, looking for discounts or whatever the case may be. But my person now is not looking for discounts. They're just looking for convenience and quality. And I think that's like the beauty, right? Because once you do like get dialed in on your branding, what I'm hearing is that you have elevated yourself and your business and what you provide to a point where you don't have to stress about, you know, a different salon opening up down the street. Like your clients are for you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that was someone asked me that before and they were like, you know, it's so many hairstylists in your area. Like, how do you feel about competition? I say, I don't feel, I don't think about it because I know who I am. I know what I offer and I'm not focused on anybody else because I'm, I, for the first time, I feel like I'm completely aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing and who I'm serving. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to see from an outside perspective too, because I think that it, again, it's so evident that you really do have that dialed in. So I just want to like commend you for what a great job you're doing and isn't taking you because this is something I'm curious about. So like, Cause I think there's this misconception that people are like, oh, if I, you know, if I get intentional with it, then I'm going to have to spend all my time marketing and on social media. Is there like, is there like a huge amount of time difference from what you're doing now that's getting better results to what you were doing before? Yeah. Because now with my marketing, I'm focusing on, you know, that one person versus back then it was everybody. So it's like, all right, let me just post this and let me just post that. But now it's just like, I know what to post because I know who I'm talking to. And so it makes my job a whole lot easier. I don't have to figure out, oh, should I post this? Should I post that? Or would this be a good post? I know what my people want to see now. And so I'm only focusing on producing that. And so, and then, you know, in your program, you know, that the the app that, what is the later app? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that has definitely helped. And so it's really some, you know, making sure I'm getting, you know, what I know my people want to see, putting that together, editing, popping it in that app and going by my business. I can, and you know what? At the same time, I am that woman that sits in my chair. You get what I'm saying? I have a busy life. I have kids. I have a husband. You get what I'm saying? And I'm running this business. So I know what it means. I, I can be so relatable to my clients because I know what it means to be in there in their position. Yeah. So I I think that makes a difference as well. Absolutely. And I think it's really like what I love in hearing you speak and hearing the, what you curated for yourself is like, you are, you have firm boundaries. Like you are running your business like a business, but you are keeping that customer experience at the top of your mind. And I know like there's a lot of conversation recently about like, you know, upholding boundaries, like, and running your business like a business. And like, I think sometimes it kind of like veers away from, from what we do, right? Because we're still here for our dream clients and the clients that we love. And you are showing that it's possible to do both. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And boundaries are really important to me because like I said, I do have a life outside of hairstyle. And so I'm okay with saying, no, I don't offer that. I, love that. I can't, you know, get you to someone else. Or I'm okay with saying if someone's, you know, messaging me late that, oh, I can't, we'll talk about this tomorrow. You get what I'm saying? And so boundaries are really important for me. And those things that I did not have, you know, first coming in, I mean- yeah. What is a lunch break as a hairstylist? But now, <laughs> since I I don't have to, I don't have to chase my person. My person shows up. You get what I'm saying? And so right. it makes my life a lot easier and makes my day go a lot smoother where I can say, you know, I can allot an hour and 30 minutes for lunch now. I can mm-hmm. sit down and have a lunch because, you know, I'm not chasing clients. Like I know who's going to show up and- my day's going to be smooth. And so uh, that's a big deal for me. Boundaries is a big thing that I feel like we don't talk about enough in this community, but it's necessary. I agree. And I think that's like, it's, it's finding what works for you. And I love what you said about, cause sometimes too, I think there's, you know, and it's funny because when I talk about branding and when I talk about marketing, a lot of people think like, oh, it's just it's just about like showing up on social media or whatever. But like yeah. truly the reason that I, that this is the topic that I chose to educate on after 15 years in the industry mm-hmm. is the fact that I think it alleviates once you're able to, like you said, attract your person mm-hmm. and you're no longer chasing, it alleviates a lot of fear-based decision-making. Absolutely. So once you get clear on your branding and and your marketing and you're doing it in a way that is attracting people consistently, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, I might lose clients. I might lose a couple clients if I make this change. Yeah. But it's okay because more are coming. It's okay because my people are going to show up. And that's that's actually what this um, start to happen when I, you know, honed in on who I wanted to serve. I did lose people, but- we can be honest, it was services that I no longer wanted to offer anyway. You get what I'm saying? And so it just really made it a smooth trans because you know it is hard to break up with clients sometimes. But <laughs> it kind of made it a smooth, you know, process. Oh, I'm sorry I don't offer that anymore. But if you would like this that I do offer, then you know, we can talk about that. And you know, they're very understanding. I think we do try to think for our clients sometimes and think that, oh, they're not gonna make an adjustment or what, but you know what? It, your boundaries are your boundaries as a business and who's supposed to be there is going to be there. And if they, if you have to lose a, long, a little along the way, like you said, it, it makes room for who's to come. Absolutely. And it doesn't always need to be like a bad thing because this is something right. working with hairstylists. This is a conversation I have all the time. And it's like, we want to change, yeah. but we're scared of what we lose Yes. But if we don't lose that thing, then there's no room for the new thing. So it's no room. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no room at all. It's yeah. like you you got to make space for what you want, and I, that comes with being intentional. You get what I'm saying? So yes. Oh my goodness. This has been such an amazing conversation. So if we can, like we said before, go check out Kia's Instagram at Tressa's Noir. I'll link it in the show notes for a shining example of how to get really clear and attract your dream clients and, you know, communicate that guest experience. Before we close out, is there any like piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice that you would give to a stylist listening who's 
in that transitionary period where they're like, I want to get intentional. I want to build my brand, but there's a little bit of fear there. What would you say to that stylist? You got to be able to, you got to be able to trust yourself. And so I know that it is hard transitioning, but the good thing about being intentional is I feel like it builds your confidence. And so with intentionality, you can confidently say, this is who I want. This is what I want my day to look like. And then start lining things up so that you can get that outcome. You get what I'm saying? Picture how you want your hairstyle is like to be. And then backtrack. Yes. So that you can create that, that thing. And so, I mean, if this is what you envision for yourself, this is what you know in your heart that you want, then, you know, making those decisions and making those steps should come fairly easy. Now, we're all going to have fear about it. But you got to let your face outright your fear and say, you know, that I got to get to get to Z. And so if I'm at A, I got to take those steps. And so just yeah. learning to trust yourself and also know that, you know what, if if it does not work, there's always another process. There's always, you know, or find a mentor, like get somebody to help to guide you to where you need to be if you feel like you can, you know you're going to make some errors. And that's what, that's what, that's what you did for me, Jody. And so I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, thank you so yeah, much for yeah. sharing that. And this, yeah. Honestly, like I said, it's been such a pleasure seeing what you've done and what you've created. And I'm just so excited and happy to have been a part of it. And I love what you're doing. Thank, thank you. you so much for being here. And honestly, like this episode, if you're not inspired right now, like <laughs> go back and listen again. <laughs> okay, we've been a few times. Yeah, this has been incredible. Thank you again for being here. I appreciate you so much, Kia. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.